0: I'm Jill Rowe, and in this episode, Steve Chalk and I dive into some of the misunderstandings about God and what those misunderstandings lead to. We talk about God not being angry and Jesus not being a Christian. We uncover that Jesus invited people to a way of life and a way of love. We hear some wisdom from a chief rabbi and dare to imagine what can happen if we flip our thinking on its head. And we lean into the ancient wisdom that whispers to us the words, this is the way, walk in it. We hope you can hear that whisper too. Hey Steve, it's great to see you.
1: And you, Jill. Can
0: I just say you've got a very fine tan? Have you just been away?
1: I have just been away. Um I with Cornelia, my wife, and I, we went to Cyprus for Five, six days last week.
0: Very nice. Yeah.
1: And I've got that kind of skin that once I sit in the sun for an hour or two, it goes brown very, very, very fast. In fact, you know, when I was younger, I'd given up trying. I used to stay out of the sun as an adult. I used to stay out of the sun because as Oasis started and got going and was growing, people assumed that because I founded Oasis, I was rich which is a very wrong assumption to make when you're running a charity and and therefore they assumed that I was always on these Mediterranean holidays and then one one time the daily mail actually printed an oh, article I remember about this me. yeah because the daily mail come to came to an event that I was hosting with um Tony Blair who was the dem, then prime minister and they had a good old Knock at Tony Blair. And then they said, and that Reverend Steve Chalk with his Mediterranean tan and his oiled back hair just off his yacht.
0: I think they commented on your super white teeth <laughs> uh, as well. Yeah, I remember, my super well. white
1: teeth and just off his yacht. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, actually, I've not been anywhere, but I do go running. And when it's sunny in the summer, as it is today, actually, you you run half an hour around your local park, someone there like you me go. I go brown. There yeah. you go. <laughs>
0: Well, you look great. If only I had
1: the yacht. (laughs) My grandsons would love it, in a little one that they could use you in the bath.
0: (laughs) It's really good to be with you. Um, I've got a story to start us off. Hey. Yeah. Um, And it's it's the story. I I think you're familiar with it. But it, it was when we were, as Oasis, we were opening one of the academies. It was in Bristol. And... You'd encourage me to go down and do a bit of uh, help before we opened the academy uh, around culture and all of that kind of thing. I had a really great day in this uh, school that was becoming Oasis. But at the end of the day, there was a teacher who took me into a darkened room where the light didn't work.
1: There was no sunlight.
0: (laughs) There was no sunlight. The light didn't work there was just a tiny slither of, you know, a little pane of glass in the Mm. door. And she shut the door and she made me sit down. And then she looked at me and then pointed her finger at me and just said, you're a Christian, aren't you? (laughs) And it's like such a threat. Um, And I was like, well, yes, yes, I am. And then she asked what I think, you know, I still believe this. It was an absolutely genius question. She just said to me, well, what is that? You say you're a Christian, what is that? And I was like, well, to me, it's I'm trying to follow the way of Jesus. And I think that means trying to make things better in the world. And she, she just turned to me and said, uh, well, I'm not one, <laughs> but can I join in? Wow. Can I join in? And it's always stuck with me, that question that she asked about what is a Christian? What, what does that really mean? Because I think inside that question was a recognition of just the sheer amount of weird thinking, messed up thinking, Tons confusion that there is around God and religion yeah. and faith and all the things, hmm. all the things. So what do you think are, in your view, what would you say are the greatest misunderstandings that people have about God?
1: Well, I think, I think they have a misunderstanding about God, what springs to mind, and a misunderstanding about Jesus. And I think they're both probably containing that brilliant little story there, Jill. The misunderstanding about God, I think, is that God is angry most people think god is angry he's on their case or she's on their case or something so you stay out the way of god and you think that god is a is a is a concept for making you behave better and you're not behaving well enough and i think that gets backed up by by a lot of Christians sometimes. There's that style of Christianity uh, where people are always pleading with God. You know, <laughs> yeah, my my best friends say, oh, God, will you do something? Will you rescue them? Will you heal them? If we pray hard enough, God might step in and he, God might do this or God might do that. And I think that really puts everybody off, that kind of lazy God who has to be hyped into action by elongated prayers, normally shouted, you know, lots of banging and all the rest of it. And, and I think, well, it flies in the face of everything I understand about God. God is love. Yeah. And love doesn't have to be badgered into action, coaxed out of some kind of apathy, it's never a case of we gotta do this, we gotta strain for this, we gotta live this way. God is love. God accepts us. Mm-hmm. We are God's creation. God delights in us, all of us, even someone like me, <laughs> you know? It's e- and why I say that is because it's easy to believe it about everyone else. Yeah. It's hard to yeah. believe it about yourself that you're loved. And the thing I think that we misunderstand about Jesus is we say we think Jesus was a Christian. So you, yeah. so you say, what is a Christian, do you see? Yeah. Um, and, well, whatever a Christian is, Jesus wasn't one. You know, I mean, self-evidently <gasps> not a Christian, which is a bit of a shock to everyone. <laughs> Jesus was a Jew. yeah, And Jesus was a Jew who took seriously living a Jewish lifestyle according to scriptures that articulated of God of love. Which is why Jesus says you can wrap up everything that all the scriptures, the Bible, the Hebrew Bible he meant, says about God in these two phrases. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind and love your neighbor the way you love yourself. Love is the key to all of this. And so Jesus famously said, I am the way, the truth and the life. All he meant was I'm the way to live. Look, I'm living this. I'm living this model of life, which isn't about myself, but it's about loving God and loving others. Walk in this way. Live this way. This is the way to go. Hmm. Actually, Judaism was never conceived as a religion by the ancient Hebrews and still not. If you talk to Jews who keep their faith, they tell you that Judaism is a way of life, it's a way of living. And the Hebrew Bible talks about walk this way, live this way, walk in this way.
0: Can we come back to that? In the we moment? will come back to it. but there's that's, loads to say. There's,
1: that's what Jesus came to say. He said, I'm a Jew, walking this way. Yes. Much later down the line, people who were followers of Jesus walking in this way, well, their enemies said, you're like little Christians. Christ's and Christian became a nickname for those who were following Jesus and it stuck yeah almost, that's all it almost is almost
0: a ridicule yeah. as well just going back to that what you were saying about God being angry that's got massive implications hasn't it on oh, for, it. for people if they believe in that God yeah the God who is angry what would you say that how does that show up just in the everydayness of their lives, if that's their perception of what, how God perceives them.
1: I think that very many people in life don't believe in themselves very much. Mm. Like I just said, I can tell you, Jill, that God loves you and that you are lovely. It's much harder for me to believe it about myself. Because mm. I live with the gap between my aspiration And my delivery, (laughs) because there's always a massive gap between who I'm aiming to be and the delivery of of who I am. It it just goes on all of the time. You know, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's easy. Those kind of celebrities who get interviewed on the TV or or radio Mm. and they say, they're asked the question, if you could change anything about (laughs) your life, would you? And then they go, no, it's been wonderful. (laughs) Or no, I, I, you know, it's been fine the way it is. And I just think, wow, well, I know what they're saying. Yeah. What they're saying is all the stuff that's happened in my life, all the setbacks, the failures, the times when I've fallen over, messed it up, my broken relationships, all those things have slowly made me who I am today and they've helped me. I understand that. But if you were to ask me, could I live the last week over again? <laughs> Last the last 20, day yeah the last yeah this afternoon in yeah. fact i'd say well, i think i wouldn't have said that and i'm would have said this. So you're always living with this gap between who you are and who you want to be and I think that's natural and then you get a dollop of God's angry thrown in a lot of religion and a lot of prayers are about I'm a real worm God, please forgive me, I'm unworthy to even approach your table you know all that language from old liturgy and it just kind of doubles up on our feelings of inadequacy when in actual fact as I understand it, the message of jesus was all about you are loved
0: yeah i i sometimes do this thing if i'm ever having like that oh i wonder if it's i wonder if that's true you know mm. i'm pretty good but sometimes i have that like oh i wonder if that is true i just do this thing where i just put my hand on my like, almost over my heart mm. and just say to myself whether out loud or internally I, i'm i'm worthy i'm enough like it's like mm. that if god isn't angry if god is love then what's true is i am worthy and i am enough and you and just remaking that agreement with yourself about who you are in relation to a god who isn't who isn't angry and the other thing i think about the god if god is angry i think it's so easy to make god tribal and then god we create a god who likes people like us but not yeah, he's just like us yeah yeah uh and but, a god who doesn't like people who are who we don't like yeah. and and so there's something wrapped up in the an angry god is actually like a tribal god yeah. and therefore god becomes a weapon yeah. that we use over that, others
1: that's what they say isn't it you know you know you're in a cult when God only likes people with your views, yeah. when God, when God's <laughs> likes and dislikes are just yours, yeah. then you know, you got it wrong mm. in some way because God is that overarching love. I once had the opportunity of going to speak at an event with the chief rabbi, mm. very famous one, Jonathan Sachs. Oh, yeah. I got to know him a little bit, just a little bit. And, uh, we were both on this bill to speak at a big event and I can't even remember where it was to tell you the truth, but I remember sitting at the back of the stage with him, this great man of huge learning, and this leading rabbi. And um, there was I think there was a band on and some dancers and some people speak anyway, both he and I were going to speak separately, do our little bits at this event later on. So we're sitting on the back row. There's several rows of people sitting in front of us. And I thought, this is my chance. Hmm. So I said to Jonathan Sachs, who was this huge intellect, I said, Jonathan, you know this whole thing about God's anger, the anger of God, the wrath of God? Hmm. I said, I'd just be interested on your take on it. And this is what he said. He said, well... Steve, he had a great sense of humour. besides anything else, he smiled at me and he said you know Steve, he said the thing is, you Christians what you do is you've nicked our Bible, (laughs) the Hebrew Bible you don't understand Hebrew, not even if you study it, you don't dream in it you don't, Mm -hmm. it's not you and then you got this habit of telling us what our (laughs) own book means Rather than asking us. Yeah. I said, yeah, I get that. So I said, so what does that phrase, the anger of God, mean? And he said, well, the Hebrew words that are translated as anger in relationship to God, he said, they're all slightly different. But generally, it's better to think of it as the anguish of Mm -hmm. God rather rather than the anger of God. Mm -hmm. God's anguish not God's anger. And I went away from that conversation and it led me to do lots of reading and thinking. And of course he was right as I studied the words around this. It's the emotion of God, the anguish of God. And I could relate to that because I'm a dad and a grandfather now. I love my kids mm. totally and completely and my grandchildren. I really, really do. I will give my life for any of them. Does that mean that I'm not sometimes anguished hmm. by the decisions they take? <laughs> <laughs> when now kids were younger like yeah. oh, don't do that. It's never yeah. it's never anger. It's not burning anger, it's better defined as anguish. Yeah. Born yeah. out of love.
0: That's been, that's so helpful, isn't it? That's really helpful. So what you were saying about Jesus and showing the way of the God who is love, and that idea of, well, the fact that Jesus described himself as, you know, I'm the way, the truth, follow this way. How do you see that working out in your, the way you live your 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 daily practice? I'd love you to talk about, mm. actually, that, mm. you know, you do this genius thing, Steve, well, where you use I? these <laughs> theological words, uh-huh. um ecclesiology missiology Mm. christology and Uh. flip it all around and because so often when it comes to talking about god i mean i just have Mm. so many conversations about this and i think even that story i told at the 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 top of the podcast is people believe that when you start to talk about god what what you're really talking about is you got to believe the right stuff Mm. that somehow the God thing is about compliance to a set of beliefs. Mm. But then what you've said and what I've just said is that Jesus was like, no, 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 it's a way. It's, yeah. a way. it's a way of being human in the world.
1: Yeah, it's a way of being human. And, of course, Jesus is a fantastic example of mixing with all the, inverted commas, wrong people, yeah. saying, uh, saying all the wrong things, et cetera, et cetera. Jesus just loved people. People, all people of various ethnicities and religions, etc. Jesus loved people because he was walking in the way of the, the God of love. So, an interesting thing to me, actually, which I was thinking about just this morning, is the only people that Jesus ever had harsh words for were the religious bigots who believed that they knew exactly who was in and who was out and yeah. who was loved and who wasn't loved and what you should do in any circumstances. Yeah. The scribes and the Pharisees. He said, you're like whitewashed tombs. You you call people to be your followers. And then he said, and you turn them into twice the sons of Satan that you already are. Woe to you, blind guides. Woe to you. So Jesus' intolerance was simply for the people who want to put, stick all this all the crap on other it, people. Yeah. You've yeah. got to be like this and you've got to live like that. He was saying, live this way of love yeah. and acceptance. I was somewhere the other day, I can't remember, end of last week, and I was being told off very seriously online because I'd been, so this person said, you're, you're too kind, too tolerant you know, to accept him. Don't you see who they are? Mm. And my feeling is, well, I do see who they are. They're a person struggling through life, screwing up, making mistakes, just like I am. I am dependent on love that, that from outside myself. Mm. So are they. So, yeah, I see them for who they are. We're all broken for us all. There's this massive gap between our... <laughs> Our expectation of ourselves and our actual ability to live that way, so we all live with grace, don't we? In the end, Uh, with love, it's the only way to be.
0: It's interesting as well, isn't it, that that there's like this freedom and life and goodness that comes Mm. from Mm. that having that that belief about who you are and who. Jesus was and the invitation yeah. to the way mm. of, of love. And, mm. you know, I'm thinking, you know, the story about, sorry, I'm just thinking about the Bible for a moment, which is most unusual for me. But, um, you know, where the rich young ruler asks, what what do I have to do to get eternal life? And eternal life was, how do I get the good life? Yeah. Wasn't it? That's That was what the question yeah, was. It's not it pie wasn't, in the sky after yeah, you die. It wasn't, it's exactly. how do I live well yeah, now? How do, how do I do good now? Yeah. And the answer, you know, was sell everything you have and blah blah blah. Oh, and love God and love others yeah. as you. Like it's all there, isn't it? It's like mm. do the way of love always.
1: Yeah, yeah live live lightly. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely true.
0: So, Steve, I mentioned three theological words: ecclesiology, missiology, and Christology. And something genius you do. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's genius. <laughs> that has been so, so helpful, actually. uh, You know, I use it a lot as something when I'm talking and things to help people understand that need to just move our thinking towards this recognition of the way of Jesus. Mm.
1: Well, the the reason I do that is because I read um, uh, the book um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek, and uh, it's a brilliant book yeah. if people are not read it. And what he says in life, we need to always start with our why. And then you say, you deal with your how and then your what. But he says, but most of the time we start with what? We start with what I'd like to do at the weekend or what I want to watch on the telly tonight or, you know, what clothes I would like to buy or where I would like you know all that kind of stuff and he said there, therefore you live the wrong way around you mm-hmm. should really start with why yeah. why am I doing any of this where do I want to go what's my life about in that sense yeah. so start with your why the reason for for everything and then work out how you're going to achieve that and then you'll know what to do, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so the thing, I, it just dawned on me that the church does this up the wrong way the whole time. They start with our what? What have we got here? Well, we've got an old Gothic building and we open it at 11 o'clock on Sunday and we've got an organ or we've got, You know pews, or we've got. Do you see? So we start with our what? We've got this building in this place in this position, and we our habits are this. It's always been done
0: this way. Yeah, it's always
1: been done done this way. I had I've had got a friend who became the vicar of um, a church way out in the Sussex countryside. And she asked me to go down and see it with her one day because she said, you know, Steve, you know a lot about this. How do we get this church really going? So I drive down with her. You know, she's absolutely wonderful. And she was excited because she'd never been a vicar anywhere else before. And we drive through these fields and we get to this old church building, 11th century church building in the middle of a field. Right, I'm not joking, I'm not exaggerating. And we get out and we look around and it's beautiful, do you know, this this old building, it's a sunlit day. And I look around and as I turned around, there wasn't another building, not another building, not even a shed, you know, or a barn. There was nothing that you could see anywhere you looked and we'd come down some old wobbly lane. You know, so she said, "How do I get this church going?" <laughs> like, like you see, and uh, and I said, Tina, that's the name. I said, Tina, you got stuck with the what have I got? I've got this building in the middle of nowhere. How am I going? I said, you you can't. I said, I've got an idea though. I said, you know, we just driven through a town. We had driven through a town. I said, there was an old car showroom up for sale or rent. I said, why don't you rent that? Because that's where the people live and you could start a nursery and you could start a drop-in and you could start. I went through loads of things and you could get people together and etc. etc. You could do all of that. Yeah, well, how would I pay for that? She said, we got no money. I said, well, this place looks brilliant. Why don't you just promote it as a wedding venue? Yeah. I said, Beautiful. people are pay a fortune just to get their picture by your little gate there with those roses round and all the rest of it. So I said... This is your cash cow, but the car showroom or something like it is what you should be doing because you've started with what and then you go, this is what we got. How on earth are we going to use it to get across our why, which is to introduce people to this Jesus who taught about the God, who is love, who's on your side. Well, it's the wrong way around. If you started with your why, well, why are we here to introduce people to this message of Jesus about this fantastic way of living? You'd never start with this building. Mm. If you start with that message, your why, then you'd say how. Well, let's do something in the middle of the town. Yes. Let's, let's hire a coffee shop or, you know, whatever it is. And then you'd get to your what. Well, what are we going to do with this place that we are? So we do it up the wrong way. So we should, I always say, as you said, start with our Christology, what we know about Jesus, flashy word for what we know about Jesus, which tells us about our how, our mis- Our missiology, what's our mission, flashy word for mission, what's our mission in life which should lead us to our what? And ecclesiology is the word, the flashy, smart, theological word for what church should be. So we should do it that way round, not the other way up.
0: Which really helps us see, I think, that it's never about compliance to a set of beliefs. No. It's all about there's something for us to do and be in the world. And yeah. there's a way for us yeah. to be in the world. And I, you know, I think about the work that, you know, my role in this glorious family oasis and this thing that we do called the nine habits, which is based on something that, uh, St. Paul wrote, um, talks about the fruit of the spirit and was written in that stark contrast, wasn't it? To the Aristotelian thinking mm. of the time and, mm which was all, all about, you know, being a superhuman, basically. And, and Paul just, he described this different way. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, tenderness, faithfulness and self-control. Mm. That, the way of Jesus.
1: Yeah, so it changes everything. Um, a couple of years now ago it was, Nigel Farage asked me, to go on a show. I did
0: not see that coming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nigel Farage asked me to go on a show that he had on GB News. I oh. think he's still got it. And he does this thing in the evenings, I think. I've never watched it, but, uh, except when I was on it. He, he asked me if I'd go and have a pint with him. And, and it, it's that pint with Nigel or something like that. <laughs> anyway, it was an hour's discussion between me and it. So he asked me if I'd go and do this. So... So I said yes and I went on his program and I sat and I you know we chatted and people said to me you're not going to go and do that that's gb news and he's against he's he's against every asylum seeker there is and it's, so, you know but you see if you're driven by a different way of being a way of love. Yeah. yeah so actually I went and he did ask me about refugees, and I told him what I thought, you know, and I said, we're all refugees really, aren't we, Nigel? We're just looking for home, and home is a place where we can rest and feel that we belong. And we talked about this, and do you know he never once challenged me? He just let me talk, we had a great conversation, and at the end he said, would you come back? Well, he never invited me back for another pint, but I've done several programs with him and I never compromise what I feel but my job is to include because that for me is walking the way of Jesus
0: there's that uh, verse isn't I don't know where it is in the old testament but it just says this is the way walk in it and I guess that's what we've been talking about right
1: yeah it is just to finish with I've got a friend his name's Dave and he's a vicar and he told me uh, this story about a woman who uh, started being part of their church community. And she didn't know anything about the Bible really. And she, you know, she didn't know that one end from the other or, you know, she but she joined this church community and uh, she was lovely and they, people loved her and she gave herself. But Dave overheard her in a conversation one day and someone said, To that question you got asked, you know, at the school Mm. in Bristol. They actually said to you, You're a Christian, aren't you? Question. And she looked at them and said, I don't know, really. That's for you to judge, not me. Yeah, perfect.